Hi everyone, welcome back to the MetaBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of lumbar puncture found under the neurology section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 25-year-old woman presents to the emergency department with left upper extremity weakness and urinary retention. The patient was admitted due to suspicion of multiple sclerosis and a lumbar puncture was performed. Cerebrospinal fluid demonstrated oligoclonal bands and an elevated IgG index. The patient subsequently developed a headache that is worse when sitting or standing and improves when lying flat in bed. This is a case of positional orthostatic headaches from a cerebrospinal fluid leak caused by lumbar puncture. Let's continue with an introduction to lumbar puncture. Lumbar puncture is a procedure where a spinal needle is advanced into the subarachnoid space in order to collect cerebrospinal fluid. The LP can allow the physician to determine the etiology of meningitis if the patient has a subarachnoid hemorrhage in the setting of a normal, non-contrast head CT, the presence of a malignancy affecting the central nervous system, such as a leptomeningeal carcinomatosis, the presence of a demyelinating disease, such as multiple sclerosis, if the patient has symptoms concerning for Guillain-Barre syndrome, and elevated opening pressure in patients with idiopathic intracranial hypertension, also known as pseudotumor cerebri. Caution should be taken in performing the LP in patients with increased intracranial pressure from a space-occupying lesion as the patient runs the risk of brain herniation, if there is thrombocytopenia or other bleeding diatheses, and if there are signs and symptoms concerning for a spinal epidural abscess. Now let's quickly review different cerebrospinal fluid analysis results. In a normal patient, the opening pressure should be 20 centimeters of water or less. The color should be clear. The cell count should be 0 to 5. Protein should be less than 45 milligrams per deciliter. And the CSF to serum glucose should be greater than 0.6. In bacterial infections, the opening pressure may be increased. Color may be cloudy. The cell count may be increased with the predominance of PMNs. The protein may be increased. And the CSF to serum glucose ratio will be decreased. In viral infections, the opening pressure may be normal or slightly increased. The color may be clear. The cell count may be increased with the predominance of lymphocytes. The protein may be slightly increased, and the CSF to serum glucose level should be normal. In fungal or TB infections, the opening pressure may be increased. The color may be cloudy. The cell count may be increased with the predominance of lymphocytes, the protein may be increased, and the CSF to serum glucose ratio should be decreased. Now let's discuss the technique for a lumbar puncture. The patient may be positioned in the lateral recumbent position. This is preferred for accurate opening pressure measurements. They may be in the prone position, which is better for fluoroscopy-guided LPs, or they may be sitting upright. For the needle entry, this should be into the subarachnoid space at the L3-L4 or L4-L5 interspace. Remember that the spinal cord ends at the L1 or L2 level. Thus, there should not be any trauma to the spinal cord if it is properly performed. In cases where there are unsuccessful attempts in obtaining CSF, imaging guidance can be used, such as fluoroscopy or ultrasound. And lastly, complications related to lumbar puncture include a post-LP headache, 
infection, bleeding, cerebral herniation, and traumatic lumbar puncture. This may demonstrate an absence of xanthochromia, declining red blood cell counts in successive CSF collection tubes, and cerebrospinal fluid white to red blood cell ratios of 1 to 750 to 1,000. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to lumbar puncture, let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For this question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 33-year-old woman presents to the emergency department with a headache, malaise, and subjective low-grade fever. Her headaches began one day ago and are 7 out of 10 in severity. She denies any vision changes, nausea, vomiting, or focal motor or sensory deficits. She recently returned from a hiking trip in Connecticut. She does not have a history of primary headache disorders and reports being otherwise healthy. She takes a multivitamin and has no allergies. Her temperature is 99 degrees Fahrenheit or 37.2 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 135 over 75. Pulse is 80 beats per minute and respirations are 16 breaths per minute. Her body mass index is 30. The patient is alert to self, location, and year. She is full strength and has normal sensory exam in all four extremities. Koenig and Brzezinski signs are negative. A CT head without contrast is unremarkable. A lumbar puncture is performed, and the cerebrospinal fluid results demonstrate a clear appearance, an opening pressure of 280, white blood cells that are 95, red blood cells of 76,000, protein of 55, and glucose of 80. There is no evidence of xanthochromia on spectrophotometry. Bacterial, fungal, and acid-fast bacillus cultures are pending. Lime titer and gram stain are also pending. Which of the following is the most likely cause of this patient's cerebrospinal fluid results? And the answer choices are, choice 1, bacterial meningitis, choice 2, herpes encephalitis, Choice 3, Lyme meningitis. Choice 4, subarachnoid hemorrhage. Or choice 5, traumatic lumbar puncture. The best answer to this question is, choice 5, traumatic lumbar puncture. This patient's headache is likely caused by idiopathic intracranial hypertension due to elevated opening pressure in a patient with obesity. This patient's normal CT of the head, white to red blood cell ratio in the range of 1 to 750 to 1,000 in the CSF, and absence of xanthochromia are consistent with a traumatic lumbar puncture. Traumatic LPs occur when the needle passes through the subarachnoid space and there's accidental trauma to the capillaries or venules. Trauma to these structures introduces red and white blood cells into the CSF. LPs are often performed in the emergency department when there is high suspicion for a subarachnoid hemorrhage, even though a CT of the head without contrast does not demonstrate blood. There are a number of factors to take into consideration when differentiating a traumatic LP from a subarachnoid hemorrhage. A declining red blood cell count in successive CSF collection tubes is suggestive of a traumatic LP. However, this decline can also occur in subarachnoid hemorrhage. The absence of xanthochromia is more consistent with a traumatic LP than a subarachnoid hemorrhage, especially when performed with spectrophotometry. The presence of xanthochromia suggests that blood has been present in the CSF for at least two hours. 
Traumatic LP introduces one white blood cell for every 750 to 1,000 red blood cells. CSF protein and glucose are typically elevated in traumatic LP. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Bacterial meningitis typically presents with sudden onset of fever, nuchal rigidity, severe headache, and altered mental status. Patients may also have a positive Koenig and Brzezinski sign, suggesting meningeal inflammation. CSF profile usually demonstrates a glucose less than 40 and white blood cell count greater than 1,000. Choice 2. Herpes encephalitis typically presents with altered mental status and focal neurological deficits, such as a cranial nerve palsy, hemiparesis, and focal seizures. CSF profile usually demonstrates elevated white and red blood cell count and protein. Choice 3. Lyme meningitis typically presents with fever, headache, nuchal rigidity, and photosensitivity. Patients also develop cranial neuropathies, such as a Bell palsy. CSF white blood cell count and protein is typically elevated. Choice 4. Subarachnoid hemorrhage presents with acute onset headache that reaches maximum severity over a short time period, such as a thunderclap headache. Xanthochromia of the CSF is present in patients with subarachnoid hemorrhage, and its absence excludes the diagnosis. Finally, a bullet summary. Traumatic lumbar puncture is suggested by the absence of xanthochromia, declining red blood cell count in successive CSF fluid collection tubes, and a CSF fluid white to red blood cell ratio of 1 to 750 to 1,000. That's all for this review about lumbar puncture. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here, on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.